Sydney Poitier's To Sir With Love probably changed my life. It was December 1975, and by the end of that youth group weekend retreat, I didn't find myself writing across the sky in letters that soared a thousand feet high, but rather in the beach sand. By Sunday on that retreat, before getting back on the bus, I was drawing this huge heart into the sand, and in it wrote, Jesus loves me. Without going into a whole lot of details, that weekend was my first experience of the Holy Spirit igniting something in me for a long life walk with Jesus. And part of that weekend of music and witnessing was also watching Sidney Poitier's movie. For me, rebellious and reluctant to even go on that youth retreat, I could so relate to those teens in the movie. But like them, I too was ambushed by goodness, becoming converted, readied for life, and grateful. And for most of us, Poitier's art and personhood, his dignity and integrity on and off stage was compelling, helping many of us to conceive new possibilities of how we might be in this world. And absolutely, the world lost some important change agents over the recent holy days or holidays. Sidney Poitier, for one, and Archbishop Desmond Tutu of South Africa. Each of these, in their own ways, they open life doors for us to walk through, and perhaps without them, we may not have dared. I get this same sense in the exchange between Jesus and his mother at the wedding in Cana of Galilee. In the scene, Mary, though never named, becomes aware of this great humiliation that's about to happen to the host. Not only is this got the whole town there celebrating this wedding for probably a week, but with the wine running dangerously low, the rejoicing and the dancing will stop. So Mary, mother of us all, taps on Jesus' shoulders and whispers a cosmic truth. They have no more wine. And what initially seems to us like a rebuke from her son, Jesus might be questioning aloud if, in fact, she's right. Notice after the exchange how she goes in perfect trust to the servants, directing them to do whatever he says for you to do. Mary knows her son better than anyone. She obviously believes that he has the supernatural power to do something to restore the joy and so she gives him that nudge. The story is cryptic, but I wonder if she has sort of gotten this sense that as events begin to unfold, that at a wedding right here, this might be the time that Jesus would launch his mission. No doubt growing up, their household daily honored the readings of scriptures and the daily prayers and in her son, she recognizes the prophecies of God's promised kingdom are coming to a head. Already, Jesus has gathered disciples at his side, 
was this the moment? As Frederick Buchner points out, like in so much of John's gospel, the story of the wedding in Cana has a curious luminosity, an almost dreamlike quality in every gesture and detail, suggesting the running of meaning beneath the meaning. John's telling of the story in hindsight starts off with this little detail. On the third day, the wedding takes place. And so it's on the third day that Jesus will turn water into wine, reminding us the way dreams do, that on another third day, Jesus comes once more, changing despair into rejoicing. So here with a nudge, the woman recognizes in her son that he will know what to do. And so she opens the door for him to step through. And he does. In John's gospel, the next time that we see Jesus in conversation with this woman, she will be at the foot of the cross. But oh, on that great third day, like the creation of this new wine, joy will flow again. So zooming forward to the present day, I can't help but see this strong correlation in Mary's role with Jesus to folks like Desmond Tutu with the oppressed. Tutu also sensed this kairos timing, the opening of a door toward healing and freedom for thousands, if not millions, to walk through. Certainly it was not a cakewalk. Those sojourners were also required to pick up their cross and go on their way. Tutu died last month, the day after Christmas, but while living, he thrived with those who hoped for better days. If you've ever heard an interview with Desmond Tutu, you've probably um, really enjoyed, as I do, his giggle. And despite the opposition he faced, his spirit was sustained by hope, the power of forgiveness, and seemingly always undergirded by this joy of the Holy Spirit. He, along with other brave souls, nudged the world that the time for renewal was now. Apartheid in Africanus literally means apartness. And in their long walk to freedom and a closer union with their countrymen, Tutu's leadership helped champion the anti-apartheid movement, the truth and reconciliation healing process, and helped to effectively erode gender and LGBT discrimination. For most of us, at this point in history, unless you go back and you see the carnage that's on that film footage, we'd probably have a hard time imagining that that kind of cruel society even existed. And so, as Sidney Poitier's persona is part of my retreat weekend that opened a door of faith for me to walk through for some 45 years now, he and people like Desmond Tutu tapped us on our shoulders, nudging us to start living into our full stature as human beings. This is the weekend that we honor another brave man, Martin Luther King Jr., the young black preacher who trusted in nonviolence and ushered America toward a greater freedom and equality. 
ever hopeful that we as a people together would rise up and live out the full meaning of our creed that all men are created equal and casting a vision that the color of our skin should not separate us, that injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere and willing to to take the bullet to hold the door steady open for hearts to change, holding onto faith over fear. MLK, he was resolved that I have decided to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. Recognition and gratitude are powerful forces. So I wonder today who's tapped you on your shoulder along the way, helping you to recognize a Kairos moment, a fullness of time that have arrived for you to step into new possibilities. And I know many of you have been that door holder yourself. Long weekends are good. They're good for looking back, for offering a a more spacious time for remembering and giving thanks for the ones who have helped shape our lives. So I want to just close with uh, some of the some of the words that ring out from heaven as we steady walk on in our adventure of faith. First, awakening many, Sidney Poitier saying, and guess who's coming to dinner? You look at yourself as a black man, and I look at myself as a man. That was a powerful saying. And Archbishop Tutu shows us something luminous about the human saying, the scripture says it, that we are created in the image of God. And that means each one of us is a God carrier. That no matter what our physical circumstances may be, no matter how awful, no matter how deprived you could be, it doesn't take away from you this intrinsic worth. And one of our favorites that he says, do your little bit of good where you are. It's these little bits of good put together that overwhelm the world. And even now, because I know we're in it, this COVIDian weariness, this edginess, Tutu says with a giggle and a gleam in his eye, you may be surprised at the people you find in heaven God has a soft spot for sinners. His standards are quite low. (laughs) So thanks be to God for all those who have helped us find our way. And as Lulu says, how do you thank someone who has taken you from crayons to perfume? Because in that third day way, Jesus comes and he comes to us so that our joy and our authentic living is restored in the wedding feast of life, this life. Amen.